0: Down with OTP. Yeah, you know me. That's Darnell Turner getting us right. Uh, his hip-hop and R&B career still hasn't taken off, but that's all right, Darnell. We'll keep you right here. Isn't that right?
1: One day. One day. Just wait for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is uh, another episode of Outside the Paint where we talk hoops and nothing but it. Before we get started on our social media, um, Outside the Paint podcast on Twitter and Instagram, we're giving away a Russell Westbrook. Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon jersey as a blast from the past Christmas giveaway with our partners Beyond 94. Make sure you guys follow us at Paint Podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. All you got to do is follow both of us, like the picture, and tag a friend. You know, the normal type of stuff to win you a jersey uh, for you, a friend, family member, significant other, mistress, doesn't matter. We won't tell. Just follow, like, and comment. We'll take care of you. We're giving away both the jerseys to one winner for this Christmas. And as always, I am the host of Outside the Paint, Von Del Zell, contributor for Fanside and Number Fire. We have a lot to talk about today. And uh, we have two special guests that are always a regular on Outside the Paint, two good friends of mine. First up, I want to bring in Jose Villanueva. He's our resident New York expert on all things Knicks and Jets and Yankees. Uh, This week is a bad week for the New York Knicks. Fired their head coach. They're playing Carmelo tonight. Jose, what's next for the franchise, and what do you think about this coaching change?
2: I think the coaching change was uh, desperately needed. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of David Fisdale, let alone James Dolan or anyone in the New York Knicks front office. Uh, It's the first step in the right direction, but I think there's bigger things uh, upon the Knicks. I do think a whole overhaul change is coming soon, whether, whether it is Masai Ujiri from the Toronto Raptors coming or just a complete uh, a complete tear down, uh, starting with the coaching. Uh, I'm not sure who the Knicks next head coach will be. It's too early to tell, but I know Mike Miller has already made a difference. Knicks played their best game defensively of the year. And if it wasn't for good old Julius Randle, the Knicks would have probably had a win against the Indiana Pacers in the first game after Fisdale's firing.
0: Yeah, that was that was a very rough game, Darnell. Uh, I know you have very hard feelings towards that game, but the really
2: is right. I don't.
0: I don't get how he doesn't. How he, they call a foul with point one seconds. I don't get how he doesn't make both free throws in that situation as well. But the yeah, Knicks. I've yeah. only had three winning seasons and one playoff series since two thousand and five. Uh, seven consecutive losing seasons. Five new coaches since two thousand eight. So Jose, I definitely feel your pain. And if they got Uziri uh, from the Raptors. I mean, would you be the happiest man on the planet?
2: Uh, I'd be a step, but the, there's a lot of things the Knicks have to do to make me a happy man <laughs> the future doesn't look too bright right now. You know, with the Knicks season, it's always the first couple weeks or, like, let's see how it plays out. And then you can really tell the team by November, December. And right now this just looks worse than last year. And last year they were actually tanking. They were trying to lose for Zion. I don't know what the hell they're doing this year because they're worse than they
0: are than they were last year. Yeah, and, and they're trying to win this year. So big difference in New York. Uh hopefully the coaching change with Mike Miller helps a little bit, but we'll see what happens. They're definitely taking steps in the right direction already, making the coaching change. But next I'll bring in another contributor in regular outside the paint. Uh fan side of contributor, Darnell Turner. Darnell, I told the people you'd have something for them next week. What is it, man? Do you have anything you're working on so we can read?
1: Yeah, I'm working on it, but I, I'm not letting y'all know until it comes
0: out. Oh, okay. That is spicy. That's why I wanted some spice. That's spicy. Top secret. All right. And the question I want to ask you, Sixers, Nuggets tonight at home. Sixers are the only unbeaten team at home. You got them tonight. That's your squad.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Sixers tonight. They've been playing great at home. Picked up a big one against Toronto, even though it was a sloppy fourth quarter. So I'm interested to see after they play, you know, pretty well against Toronto for three and a half quarters, how they come out and respond after having a lousy fourth quarter. And, you know, Philly still owes Denver one for that, uh, for that game that they collapsed in Denver earlier in the season where they blew a 21 point lead. Mm -hmm. So it should be interesting.
0: Yeah. I got the Sixers as well tonight. It's always a great matchup between Embiid and Jokic. And I'm sure the Philly crowd does remember that 21 point game. So it'll be rowdy here in Philadelphia. Definitely looking forward to that one. Probably the best game on the slate tonight. And first topic off our plate, Anthony Davis has been terrific this season. The Lakers are 21-3, and have the best record in the NBA. Davis cooked up a 50-piece versus Minnesota Timberwolves a few nights ago. Uh, I know this is kind of always a discussion. We don't talk about him as much because, you know, we're we're a Pro Sixers podcast here. But is Anthony Davis so. the best big in the league? And, Jose, I'll let you go first because so I know Darnell's itching at this one. Hands down, <laughs> he's the best big in the league. I think he's just supremely talented. You remember
2: him just being the runaway first pick, and you can see why. There's never been a doubt about Anthony Davis' talent. He was this uh, a 6'2 guard his 11th grade year and just sprouted up to 6'11 his senior year. Between two years, he grew that many inches. And he just shows that he has those guard instincts, those so handles, the, the basketball IQ of someone who's much shorter than him and still has, manages to play above the rim defensively, offensively. When he's healthy, he's the best big in the league, bar none. Just his only issue is staying on the court.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's something that we've discussed already this year is if we're going to be concerned about him moving forward with load management or not. And it hasn't looked like it's been a problem for him so far. I mean, him and LeBron – are playing perfectly together, and this might be his best teammate of his career. And that's no disrespect to Dwayne Wade or, or Shaq or anyone, but Anthony Davis is a different type of caliber, and I, and I agree with Put you. Shaq, clearly, you know, like
1: Shaq wasn't at the tail end of his career.
0: Yeah, it's that's it's true. And Darnell, are you taking Anthony Davis <coughs> over the Embiids, the Cats, the Jokic's? Actually, I am. Uh, I mean,
1: AD's just, I mean, he's been phenomenal this year. he He's even changed my mind. I was always, uh, you know, I was taking beat over AD just because in New Orleans I thought, you know, if AD was as good as we thought he was, as good as he should be, you know, I thought he should have had that team in playoff contention each year. But only making the playoffs two out of eight years, you know, I just, uh, I expected more from AD. But, you know, last night getting 50, you know, he scored 50 without making one three-pointer. I mean, he 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 gave us an old school fifty where he just gave us bucket mm-hmm. after bucket after bucket. So um, you know he's been healthy so far this year. He hasn't missed a game. So when he stays healthy, you know, like Jose said, he's always had the talent. Now he's putting it putting it all together. He's putting it together on the biggest stage possibly in basketball in the Staples Center. Uh, I mean, averaging twenty, nearly twenty eight points a game on fifty percent shooting offensively. You know especially with LeBron, one of the best passers, smartest players in the game. He's just been able to feed off of that. And, you know, defensively, he's been amazing, too. I mean, you can make the case, you know, he's an MVP candidate, and he's probably the leader for defensive player of the year right now. I mean, he's averaging 2.7 blocks and one and a half steals. You know, only three players have done that in the past 20 years. Josh Smith, Andre Karolinko, and Ben Wallace. And, you know, all those guys were pretty good, but not the player – Anthony Davis is offensively, so you know you got that kind of defense night in and night out. But he's also giving you 28 games. So I mean, he's just having a dominant season. Joel Embiid hasn't been as dominant as last year. Jokic hasn't been as dominant as last year. I mean, Cats having a really phenomenal season, but you know, AD just gave him 50 la- uh, the other game. So you know, I mean, it, it, what AD's doing on both ends of the floor. Uh, has just been special. His value has just been through the roof this season. So, yeah, you know, AD's turned my head. I'll go with AD.
0: Yeah, and Darnell, no, no disrespect, but I don't know if I heard anything after you mentioned Josh Smith and Andre Karolenko. Hmm. What are the chances that I would hear those two names today? I don't think there would be any. But, but that's hell of a research from you, and yeah. those three guys were all great defensive players. And Anthony Davis – I mean, like you say, 50 points without a three-pointer, that's insane. We don't see it nowadays in basketball. And I think we've all talked about him being the defensive player of the year before the season started and saying that he was on all of our lists, um, at least top three or top five candidates for that. And I think he's really been putting it together. And, you know, it's it's tough to choose between him and Cat or Embiid and Jokic, but I think clearly he is um, separating himself this year from the rest of the crew. And another big that's been dominating earlier in the season, suffered some setbacks this year, and uh, his team is not very good, and that's Kevin Love. Uh, at one point, he was second in the NBA, rebounding over 15 a game for the Cavaliers. Uh, now Shams from The Athletic is reporting that he may be on the move, and he's a, trade, he's a trade target and trade bait. So what destinations can you guys see Kevin Love landing? And Darnell, I'll start with you. Um, you know, a couple of teams that I
1: think would be pretty good fits for him I think uh, Portland, uh, you know, their name, just like with Melo, their name has been linked with Kevin Love for a couple of years just because, you know, you think they've needed some outside shooting from their bigs, more space for Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I think if they, you know, they might not be able to find a way to match contracts to get a trade through, but if they could, you know, if they wanted to trade Hassan, you know, he's played pretty well for them this year though. But you know, I, I think that would be a good fit for him, and then Boston, Boston could really use some depth uh, in the front in the front court. You know, they do have his canner, Daniel Tice, but I think when you when you think about the playoff run this year, if they want to you know beat a team like Milwaukee or even Philly in the postseason, you know, I think for sure they're going to have to improve their front court. I don't think it's just quite enough to compete with those teams in a seven game series. It's just too much length. So I think if they can, you know, put together some assets and make a run for Kevin Love, I think uh, Danny
0: Ainge should definitely do that. Boston Celtics, that's an interesting landing spot, one that I really didn't think about too much. Or think that would be – I think it could be possible to get done. You'd have to probably move a player like Marcus Smart or some younger guys. Uh, You know, you've seen Grant Williams. He's been playing pretty well. Uh, A couple other rookies for the the Celtics. But that would be an interesting piece, and I think that would definitely set them over the edge a little bit. Jose, what do you think about Kevin Love and where do you think uh, some of his landing spots could be? A landing spot for Kevin Love with taking on the
2: contract is kind of a hard, hard thing to go top of your mind. You're going to have to look at the caps and everything because his contract's pretty big. And not many teams are looking uh, for play. not many playoff contenders, excuse me, are looking for a big that bad and have the space to provide. So there might have to be like a, a – room room to give for kevin love to take a a team contending that's slightly a player away or two uh i could see the minnesota timberwolves taking him taking him on because they they have no shortage of talent but kevin love is an experienced vet leader that i think they always lacked um the contract thing off the top of my head i can't tell you cap space and everything but uh, I think a reunion between Kevin Love and the Timberwolves is something that could benefit both teams. Yeah, I, th- I think
0: spacing the floor with him and Cat and would be terrific. I mean, both guys can stretch the floor and shoot. Both guys are elite rebounders. That would make a lot of sense, and a reunion there would be definitely an interesting story. Um, I'm sure Kevin Love would probably welcome that unless he's looking for more of a strict contender. Uh, the two teams that kind of came to mind for myself One, from a contender aspect, I don't think they are one of the biggest contenders, but they could be with a Kevin Love, is the Utah Jazz. Um, You had a player like him, that definitely opens up the paint for a player like Rudy Gobert and lets uh, the Jazz continue their three-pointing stretch. And a team that's a little younger and less experienced, well, very inexperienced, I would say, when it comes to the playoffs or even being a good team in general, is the Phoenix Suns. I think if Kevin Love landed on the Suns, that would be a terrific lineup: Ricky Rubio, Devin Booker, Kelly Oubre Jr., Love, and DeAndre Ayton when he comes back. I think that's actually a team that can contend for a lower playoff spot. Do you guys think that's that's a realistic expectation and a spot for Kevin Love as the Phoenix Suns?
1: Well, uh, they said according to the report he preferred to go to a contending team, so you know we'll we'll see how if you how he would feel about possibly playing in Phoenix, but. You know, if he does want to go to a contending team, I, I think Boston, Miami, maybe if they wanted to make some more moves, could be a nice spot for him. Uh, you know, if he goes to Phoenix, he just better, as long as he's okay, being at the bottom of the West, <laughs> you know, that's somewhere between, you know, the C sneaking in the playoffs, or a little bit lower, but, you know, he definitely still won't be contending, even though that would be a nice roster with him and Aiden and Booker.
0: Yeah, I think that would be a much-improved team. And I think it would be a playoff team. It's something that they'd be missing. But you're right. I don't think uh, Kevin Love would probably want to be in Phoenix unless he's uh, playing his one or his last year or last two what, years. What if the, the Warriors team. run for him? I mean, th- that's actually a very interesting spot. And, it's, and if Steph Curry was coming back this year, I mean, that would make so much sense and help the team so much. <clears throat> yeah,
1: remember back when he was uh, back in Minnesota, there was links about – you know, the Warriors trading for Kevin Love, but they didn't want to break up the Splash Brothers. We could finally we could finally bring that together years later.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's a possible landing spot for them, and they could probably package together some picks. Some of the younger players, I know they have a, a plethora of guys stepping up and scoring right now, but, yeah, funny to see. Gordon Hayward back from his, uh, his broken wrist or hand injury, and Steph Curry's still out for the whole season, so I think the Warriors are packing it in this year, and, and going to call it a year and rebound next year.
1: Their first-round pick will be pretty valuable.
0: Really valuable, yes. So if they get a player like Love or someone next year to come in, I think that uh, the Warriors will be right back into a contending spot when it's all said and done. But we're going to head into commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our favorite contenders and pretenders after 20 games in the NBA season. And also there's been some drama with James Harden, the officials, I mean, what else do you expect? It sounds like a regular night in the NBA, but this one was a little bit different. So we'll talk about how the NBA handled the situation with James Harden and the refs when we come back after commercial. Are you tired of dressing like other jabronis? No worries. Your wardrobe savior has arrived. Visit beyond94.com for all your premium vintage apparel needs. From vintage sportswear, jerseys, to shirts and more, you want it, we got it. Beyond94.com, be unique, buy vintage. OTP listeners, Head to TotalHomeClub.com and use the code OTP for 20% off your order, exclusive for our listeners only. You can create a free account, start earning points for more rewards and discounts. Again, that's TotalHomeClub.com. Use OTP at the checkout for 20% off. Darnell Turner, Jose Villanueva with me. My name is Vondel Del Zell. Recapping, latest in the NBA, we talked a little bit about Kevin Love, Anthony Davis, some of the better teams in the NBA, and now we're going to talk about our contenders and pretenders in the league. But first, we have to talk about James Harden. As we know, James Harden has been putting on a insane season this year, scoring from every single place on the floor. Uh, lately, there's been some drama with him and the officials as they, they denied their appeal for the Rockets after he dunked in the game against the Spurs. They called it a miss basket. Cost them two points. Rockets went on to lose by two points in overtime to the Spurs. Um, the NBA has been questioned on how they handled this. Darnell, do you think they handled this correctly?
1: Yeah, I I think they did the right thing. I mean, uh, you know, they had to deny the claim to the Rockets' claim to restart the game or you know give them the win. That obviously was never going to happen. Uh, you know, even the league came out and said, you know, even though. The refs obviously were in the wrong, not letting Daytoni challenge and, you know, just getting the call, blowing the call from from the jump. Uh, The Rockets still had 750 left to win this game, and they were up 13. So, you know, it's more, the loss is more on the Rockets than it is on that official and that call. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do like that the refs are getting disciplined because I think we, at some point, uh, we go through this. It seems like we're going through this almost every week where uh, refs are just making, you know, just some outrageous calls. And, you know, some of it, I think is just the refs pride. I, I don't think, you know, they don't like to be told that they made a wrong call. You know, I, I mean, I think it was pretty obvious that the ball went through the hoop. Like, I don't know who, what the refs were looking at. I mean, that you know, it's something you should be paying attention to. So, you know. We, the refs just got to do better, but I am happy that the league uh, did, you know, give the refs actually some discipline.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was interesting because I know the Rockets wanted the outright win, and I don't think they deserve the outright win much because, like what you just said, they lost that lead. That loss was on them. That dunk did not – if that dunk would have happened three seconds left in the game and it was a tie game, then yes, I do think the Rockets should be awarded the win. But in this situation, I think the NBA did handle it correctly, especially disciplining the refs. But – I think there's been situations in the past where the NBA has let the two teams replay the time remaining. I think eight minutes may be a little bit too long to replay because anything can happen in eight minutes in an NBA game, like blowing a thirteen-point loss. Imagine example.
1: them restarting the game just for the Rockets to lose again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that's <laughs> very
0: possible. Like that's that's definitely very possible. So I, I think that they handled it correctly. Um, I wouldn't have been opposed to them replaying. Some of that time, but, again, eight minutes is a lot of time. Jose, what's, what's your opinion on how the NBA handled this, and uh, how would you feel if you were the Rockets in the situation?
2: I think the Rockets uh, <laughs> just need to move on, take the L, and focus on the past – or on, not, stop focusing on the past and learn how to play better because they lost egregiously to the Sacramento Kings last night team. They should have easily beaten. It uh, looks like the, the chemistry issues are coming back. Uh, it doesn't look like the Rockets can hold a significant uh, streak of winning. Um, I do think the refs are little head cases and tend to overthink calls. And I would have just let the play uh, count as. But to make a big deal about replaying the game and starting a, a, a whole nother incident, I think the Rockets just didn't. I don't know. The Rockets just need to move on, man. Yeah, I can understand
0: that. I I think the Rockets moving forward are going to really look at how they've been playing in the fourth quarter in these crucial moments of the game and have to fix something because I know we spoke on it in the early episodes of Outside the Paint um, that James Harden controls the ball entirely too much in the final minutes of the game. And we kind of saw last night they spread out a little more they got Ben Macklemore, hit a huge three. Russell Westbrook made a huge basket. Um, but defensively, they just can't get the job done. And that that's that's really the Achilles heel for the Rockets. And I don't think the missed dunk was the reason why they lost that game. It was mostly their defense. And after 20 games in the NBA, it's starting to become more clear about which teams are really threats to be, to be the title contenders and which ones are really the pretenders. Um, some of our opinions have changed on teams earlier in the season, but after 20 games – I would still put the Rockets in that situation as one of my uh, contenders. I think they're very close to being a pretender, however. But I want to get your guys' opinions on a couple teams. Uh, one of two teams, I want you guys to tell me who's more of a title contender right now. And I think it's the two best teams in the NBA. Are you taking the Los Angeles Lakers or the Milwaukee Bucks if you had to pick one team right now? The Lakers obviously rolling at 21 and 3. The Bucks have won 15 straight games and are smacking opponents, including the Clippers. So, Darnell, I'll start with you. Who would you rather say is your contender and the favorite to win the NBA championship?
1: I mean, I think both teams are contenders. Uh, They've been playing. Both have been, you know, great this year. I I think Milwaukee and, you know, especially Milwaukee and the Lakers, they've been just destroying the teams under 500, taking care of business. And, uh, you know, we talk about LeBron's load management, I think when the Lakers are blowing out bad teams and he's only got to play 20 something minutes and, you know, he's able to sit in the fourth quarter, you know, I think, you know, that's a a certain level of load management that could possibly help him down the stretch, you know, not having him playing too many minutes every game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I had to, you know, I think this, I think this, for me right now, I think this might be the eventual NBA finals matchup and it'll be an interesting one for sure. LeBron versus Giannis on the biggest stage. But uh right now I'm 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 liking Milwaukee. I just think the Greek, wow. Greek is on I think he's on another level right now. And I think the three point shooters that they have around them, uh, I think are huge. And, you know, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, uh, you know, right by his side playing well. Brooke Lopez, Sniper, Wesley Matthews has been playing good. Um, you know, Lakers defense is really good and I think that'll be Uh, An interesting chess match between those two. If the Lakers' defense can, you know, slow down some of those shooters and, you know, Giannis has to, you know, do everything to win, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it will be tough for him, you know, going against LeBron and AD. But, you know, I I think if Giannis, you know, there's no matchup for Giannis. So, I mean, you know, if they they struggle with Giannis, as, you know, most teams, 90% of teams do, uh, and the three-point shooters are knocking down their shots, uh, Milwaukee is—it's virtually unbeatable when they're shooting it well from outside, and Giannis is just dunking on everyone that you put on him.
0: And I, I want to ask you, Jose, a question um, about Giannis: How many threes? How many games in a row has he made a three? Do you think? How much you to guess? Ten. Yes. Darnell, what do you think? Five. Five. That number is seventeen. What wow. 17 straight games Giannis has made a three point shot now, and this is not it, talked about enough. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And early I mean, in the I season, it
1: over whether Ben is going to shoot or not, but I mean, Giannis is actually out here developing. I mean, 17 straight games with a three that's that's very impressive.
0: Yeah, that's remarkable for him to be honest. And a lot of those games have been double digit threes, and in his last six games, four of those have been double digit threes he's made, and he's attempting five in his last four games already so I mean he's definitely shooting better and he's and like we always say if he gets a jump shot or a three-point shot that man is going to be unguardable and it's not a James Harden unguardable it's a it's a Greek freak unguardable where he's in the paint forcing his way and then he's taking shots when he wants because you don't think he's going to shoot the rock and Jose so since I've shocked everybody now through the state of the day out there Who is your contending team outside the Lakers and the Bucks? since Darnell kind of just spoke on them?
2: My contending team is the Los Angeles Clippers, who might come as a surprise because of the bad loss they took against Milwaukee. But I just think that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, he knows about the trials and tribulations. The regular season can take a toll on both these two players, the injuries. So I don't count the Clippers out right now, but it's just hard to bet against the Lakers. Besides those two, the Clippers are my betting favorite to become uh, NBA champions.
0: Yeah, the Clippers have been rolling. Obviously, they've definitely taken a couple bad losses to some of the better teams in the NBA, but... I think when it's all said and done in a seven-game series, the Clippers are a way different team than they are right now. And I I think most people that watch basketball will agree on that. And before we get out of here, I want to touch on two teams and get your guys' idea if they're a contender or pretender. Darnell, I'll give you this one to start, the Toronto Raptors. I know you probably don't like them considering last year. This year you guys got them already, have beat them at home. Uh, Do you think the Raptors are a serious title contender? Or are they going to be pretender when the playoffs roll around?
1: Um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think I think they're a pretender. Uh, I know Siakam has taken another leap. He's had a fantastic year. Everyone on that team is pretty much there. That was on the playoff run from last year, so they they've absorbed all that experience. Kyle Lowry, Van Fleet, Ibaka, you know, Marcus, all you know, you got veterans with championship experience now. So, you know, they'll for sure be a tough out for anybody in the playoffs. But at the end of the day, I just don't know if I see them going on that run like they had last year where, I mean, it was pretty much because of Kawhi. I mean, you think about the second round series. I mean, not a lot of guys played well outside of Kawhi Leonard. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Van Fleet struggled against Philly. Siakam struggled against Philly. Then against Milwaukee, you know, you had a couple guys struggle. Kawhi Leonard was really the engine, like, in fourth quarter of games that, you know, led that team to the finals. So, it's going to be uh, interesting to see who their closer will be this time in the postseason. Uh, can, Low- can Kyle Lowry, you know, overcome those playoff demons one more time, this time without Kawhi Leonard? So, we'll see what he can do. But right now, I think they're a pretender.
0: And I think in a, in a playoff series at home, they're an actual threat to win any game. But on the road, I think that's where they get them. We've seen this season already where they've been one of the best home teams in the league. And on the road, um, they're almost 500. So they, they, they escaped my Bulls the other night and uh, kept their 500 record on the road. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that they're going to be the the team we saw last year in any means. And I would be surprised if they make it past the second round. I think that they'll probably narrowly escape the first round, depending on the matchup, if they get a team like the Pacers. But for Jose... The team I want to ask you about, uh, we'll stick in the Eastern Conference since it's obviously the weaker conference, the Miami Heat. They've been an impressive team this year, man. And they've come in clutch in late-game moments. Jimmy Butler's leading that team. We got Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero stepping up. Do you like the Miami Heat this year? Are they they pretenders? Yeah,
2: so I think the Miami Heat are definitely one of the biggest pretenders. Um, While they do have an insane amount of young talent, and Jimmy Butler has looked like a great, fantastic acquisition, um, I, I just don't see them having a long, long uh I just don't see them lasting long in the East. Uh in a seven game series, I think they're young talent do mistakes and pressure. Uh and it seems like the age old Jimmy Butler, you know, dilemma. He competes harder than his team, but where have his teams shown? And I I have a feeling that Jimmy Butler in the playoffs might might crumble. And the heat will just get swept, regardless of their seating. Um, Swept? I don't know. Yeah, I could, I could see see them being swept. To be honest, I think I think they play
1: they play really hard. I mean, even back in what was it a couple of years ago when they played Philly, uh, you know, D Wade was at the end of his career. Goran Dragic. I mean, they played that series was pretty tough. I think. uh, I mean, they they've got you know they've got a good amount of shooters. And they play hard on defense, but I mean. I I I still
2: think they're too young to to make a big difference. They have a bunch of kids under the age of 22. Uh, While Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn, and Bam Adebayo are a fantastic young core. And Jimmy Butler is still one of the top players in the NBA top 25. I have a hard time just seeing the Miami Heat lasting long in the East. I think eventually they're going to come back down to earth. Uh, right now, they're ahead of the Sixers and the Raptors in the standings, and I just don't believe that those two teams are worse than the Miami Heat. I would consider the Pacers even to be better than Miami Heat in a long stretch. Ooh,
0: I don't know about that one. I do. I'm all on the Pacers train. I, th- I think I think they're actually a really good team defensively too. I mean, Sabonis, Miles Turner have been awesome. Malcolm Brogdon is a beast this year. Uh, proving that he was definitely a loss for the Milwaukee Bucks, even though it doesn't look that way with the way that they're rolling. But, I mean, I, I'm taking the Raptors over the Heat in a playoff series. and I th- I'd take the Pacers over the Heat as well. I, and the Pacers and the Raptors, I think, would be one hell of a series. If, if, the,
2: if the Heat and the Ra- the Pacers switch spots in the standings right now, they'd be over the Nets and the Magic, the Pistons, the Hornets, and then you start getting to the bottom of the East. So I still think that the East belongs to the, the Bucs, the Sixers, and the Celtics, one of those three teams. Uh, the Raptors are in, would be a top four, but I don't think they can hang with the top three. So I, I still think the Miami Heat are going to come back down to earth and play like a young team eventually. While it is looking promising, I do see them having a good future. But as we talk right now, I have a hard time with confidence in the Miami Heat.
0: Wise words from Jose Villanueva there. Well, that'll about do it here for us at Outside the Paint. I want to thank Darnell Turner and Jose for being here with me. Um, shout out to all of our listeners, man. We kind of talked about a little before. We got five different countries on board now. Canada, Sweden, Mexico, Brazil, and, of course, the U.S. So make sure you follow us on social media. And, again, get in on the Rockets. Russell Westbrook and Akeem Olajuwon giveaway, a blast from the past jersey with our partner Beyond 94. If you're a betting person, follow my Twitter or Patreon account at Sports for Daily Locks. Uh, hit me up for a free trial. And follow Darnell so you can check out all his content. He's got the, the spicy article coming out sometime soon. Darnell, when's that when's hitting Twitter?
1: Uh, you know, sometime hopefully this week for sure.
0: We'll stay tuned. We'll definitely be retweeting that from our account. So stay tuned to check that out. And, again, for myself, Von Delzell, Jose Villanueva. Darnell Turner, and Damon Bodner, who couldn't be with us today. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks for checking out another episode of Outside the Paint. Have a good night.